This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet, we'll recap UFC 297, Strickland vs. Duplessis, and we'll discuss what's new in MMA this week. Here we go. Here we go. We are back. No preview this week. Just a big recap and a lot of stuff. Uh, so much stuff that I don't even remember it all. So uh, maybe some more will come up. But yeah, a lot of news in MMA. Like uh, like I think we talked about some of it last week. But clearly we're heading for a busy and full 2024 season. So. Oh, yeah. Up until UFC 300, it's going to be crazy, I feel like. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot going on. Um, I think they're trying to pull out all the stops and uh, kind of market it more than ever. So, <clears throat> yeah, so without uh, without wasting too much time on that, before we get into our recap, we'll start things off as we always do with our take of the week. So, Ryan, as always, take us away. All right, so I think we're going to have the same take, so let's just tag team this. And I think it's going to be more of a, a take slash call out. So I'll start it off. Fuck John Anik, dude. Yeah, yeah. I have uh I have yeah multiple multiple takes on this. Um what was it what was he why is he this is he was going for like sympathy. Dude, it was unbelievable. So for those of you that haven't heard, John Anik, he uh he said he's not sure how much longer he has in the MMA space and he says this because he was trolled on Twitter because he scored the fight for Dreykus and uh he basically goes on to call all MMA fans retarded pretty much. Um, he didn't say the word retarded, but he said he said he, he wouldn't have to deal calling with it. us the lowest common denominator and said he would be treated better if he was a football broadcaster. Yeah, I was going to say he pretty much said that football fans are smarter than MMA fans. Yeah. Also, the lowest common denominator. What the fuck is that? Like, dude, you're like, this is your sport. You'd have nothing if you weren't <laughs> a broadcaster for the UFC. Like, and you're just going to like shit on all the fans because you got trolled on Twitter one time. Like, big fucking deal, dude. Yeah. No, this Over of, a scorecard? This, of all things, too, is like, I don't know. Like, it also, it was just like he was fishing for sympathy. Yeah. Which it, I've never really seen him do before. I didn't really know him as like a, that much of a, like, a wimp. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, it, it was your take. You said it in the group chat, but like, we know this never happened when Goldberg was uh no. call, calling the yeah, calling the fights. Exactly. And that's and where we're took, going to next. Who took more heat than him? No one. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, Goldberg would uh this would be just water off his back. He would have no problem with a few people trolling him. Gotta get Goldberg back. John Anik has gotten too big for his britches. It's like I think John Anik, he goes to the comment. There's so many guys or like UFC fans that suck off John Anik constantly, saying how great he is at broadcasting that I think he gets this might be like one of the first times in a while that he's gotten a little flack. He doesn't know he's gotten too used to being like the the golden child of MMA broadcasting team. And yeah. he just he's completely melting down now that uh people are now there's one criticizing controversial, him. Yeah. one controversial stance. And also maybe this is just something he's hypersensitive about because do you remember during the card somebody asked him what how he scored around and he said like Something about like it's not important how I score the round, rounds or something like that, and then DC's like, oh, what did he say? He said, uh, he said like, oh yeah, I put that one on a platter for you or something like that. And it right. basically got out of saying how he scored a round. It might have been the main event too, and uh, 
So maybe he's just hypersensitive because, first of all, DC tells you what he's, how he scores every round, and clearly he doesn't care, and he's one of the worst fight scorers oh, I've yeah. ever seen. Clearly it doesn't bother him. No, and you know what I kind of find funny too? It's John Anik loves to criticize judges and refs yeah. every time he thinks they fuck up. He's like all over, you know, like, oh, this is terrible, whatever. But it, he puts out a scorecard, and yeah, you're not scoring a fight. It's not your job, but like to get that sensitive on something that you call other people out for all the time, like big fucking deal, dude, get over it. Like if you're that worried about what the comments on Twitter say about what, who you thought want to fight, that's insane to me. Just uh, be like Joe Rogan and don't read the comments. If that's going to be how you're going to act, you know? Yeah. The only interaction I've ever had with John Anik was on Twitter. And it said, I, he said something about uh, Mark Goddard being the best ref. Yeah. And I said something like, the same guy that you like, I don't remember what he said. He blasted Mark Goddard and said like that he was too, like had too big of an ego or something. And then he DM'd me on the sides because I t- replied that and he DM me that. In just regular Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. Regular Twitter. He d- and then he DMs you? He this DMs me, He DMs me on the side out of nowhere, like, and says like, yep, I believe he used that criticism and softened his approach and became a better referee. I just like his control and confidence in there, but I took great issue with his condescending tone towards the fighters. John Anik, like, giving himself credit. Like, oh, yeah. I turned him into a better referee. That's kind of insane. Like, that is absolutely insane that you would actually, like, be a public figure like John Anik and be reading every comment to the point he's going to read your comment and actually take the time to... I mean, my comment was the best. He probably didn't reply to all of them, but yeah. Yeah, but, he, but that any was a, comment... That was a full paragraph. Yeah, exactly. He, he put some thought into that. That's actually, like... He's oh, definitely I, probably a little too sensitive and should not be on social media. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciated him interacting, but yeah, that was to me like, uh, it just kind of, uh, bridges the gap here. Like right. you're right. He's, he's been critical of refs. He's been critical of judges. He's been crit- And I don't know. The judges do deserve criticism, but maybe so do the broadcasters. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, for we sure. We criticize the broadcasters. I, I don't know. Like, my my beef is way less with him being bad or good or even talking shit. Like Mark Goddard was a dickhead for a while. For sure, I think Dan Mergliata involves himself way too much in the fights. And the, honestly, crazy enough, like the one of the few people that actually points that out is Brendan Schaub, and everyone nobody yeah. gets more hate than him. Yeah, he he is not like he doesn't have he has more haters than fans <laughs> by far. He has a a whole subreddit bigger than most comedians, <laughs> like actual subreddit dedicated to hating him. Yeah, um, yeah, but. But, like, Dan Mergliata, for example, like, he literally thinks he's the star of the show when he's in the octagon. Oh, yeah. It's it's so ridiculous sometimes. Like, dude, you're not supposed to be seen or heard unless it needs to happen. And yeah. And, and I think it's fair to criticize the, uh, the refs get criticized. Like, imagine if Herb Dean quit every time somebody was mean to him or said he was going to quit. Right. Like, it would never end. And, like, yeah, I just I, – I don't know if he's – it's this has been building and he's at a breaking point because, like – he's just super super soft or if like he was surprised that people turned on him did he what, what happened now he he said he scored it for dry kiss did he say that on twitter or on the broadcast i don't know if, i think it was on the broadcast yeah but i don't know for sure i would say like as a rule they should stop they should stop saying their opinions on scorecards i agree because it's like you're, you're watching a different fight when you're calling it for sure and you're not a judge your job is just to tell us what happened not to be thinking about who won each round and you got dc in your ears telling you about takedowns and who god knows what else like right and you're watching it yeah it's just a you're in a totally different and you have a monitor in front of you you have all sorts of stuff going on 
Yeah, and again, like I, I think Anik gets more credit than anyone for being like consistent and professional. Yeah, for sure. He's he's definitely like the most. Uh, I think he's probably the most beloved like person in the UFC. Like that's not a fighter. Yeah. Well, Besides maybe, maybe Dana. Maybe not now. But after. Dana has a lot of haters too. Like if you were saying just like fans to haters, like his ratio is probably pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we are a uh, a commentator and a UFC commentator podcast so we uh we've been in the space a long time we've criticized a lot of them we really haven't ever said anything too bad about Anik besides he took uh he took Goldie's spot yeah but Goldie never you never heard him complain about this and like I said he took more heat than anyone for sure maybe it's time maybe it's time to bring him home yeah put him in the hall of fame and bring him back for UFC 300 yeah and we'll see what happens with Anik I doubt he's gonna quit I wouldn't be surprised if he came out and was like yeah I was just having a bad like bad day. Yeah. I feel like you have to address this at some point. Like, like you, the wife was on my ass or something. <laughs> I feel like you don't you think he, he has to address this further at some point? Like he basically said he's quitting. Yeah, I would think but he might just act like it never happened and it'll just be back to normal next week. Yeah. If he quit, that'd be this he's got the best job in like sports. Yeah. I mean he, he does sick. put a lot of work into it from what it sounds like, but, but I don't know. The schedule it's like the schedule is so convenient though because it's only on weekends. You don't do all the cards. Yeah, but he gets there like it's not just on no, weekends. He gets there I like Wednesday. He I spends think. the whole. I think he gets there early in that. I think Wednesdays when it like starts, he starts with the fighters. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. He. I mean, his note cards. He is like does that note card system. That's like a stack of note cards. They do fighter meetings. They do all that stuff. But like your events are so consistently. It's not like the NBA where it's like you might call three games in a week. He doesn't even do every single every single card. Um. One thing that I think is crazy is he does pretty much i think he goes straight from the arena to the airport and flies back to like boca raton or wherever yeah that night and then he gets up the next morning and does this podcast with kenny florian yeah that's pretty insane so maybe that's why he was having a bad day might have been just grumpy huh from the red eye yeah so i'm thinking i'm thinking he probably eases up on that stance if he doesn't though like that's that's just too soft too soft (laughs) can't have that in this sport that's the weakest shit ever if he actually like retires over (laughs) over getting criticized for how he scored a fight well what is he what's it what's next for him does he have i mean he'll get a job he would get a job somewhere no question absolutely no question but um could he even call the nfl do you think like would they hire him i doubt it i don't know i don't know what he would do like the problem with the NFL is they already have so many people. Yeah, they got an actual football players. Like I know John Anik, he talks about football a lot on the podcast, but is he does he know enough to actually call a football game? He might he might get he might be able to get into like the college college football. Yeah, he could do like the maybe Mac work or his something. way up, but like the NFL is just there's so few games. Right. And like you got your color guy who's always gonna be an ex player, and then you got the your like your uh commentator you're yeah they don't read they don't read ads for corn nuts in the middle of the an nfl (laughs) game i mean al michaels has got to be retiring soon so that spot's gonna open up but like it's just somebody else is gonna slide right into it yeah for sure so yeah i hate to see john annika going out sad but maybe he'll turn it around toughen up yeah if we get goldie back though it'll be worth it yeah that would be that would make all the sense in the world to me but I don't know. I think that relationship's still on rocky, rocky terms. Yeah, I don't think it's ever going to happen. No, unfortunately not. But yeah, which is also a shame because they don't do any. You rarely ever hear like a Goldie call, which was what he was best at on like a highlight reel. Like his his like highlight reel clips were un, unmatched. Yeah, there's there was everything else that was kind of questionable with his calls. Yeah, he's been gone for a while. There's not a lot of fighters that were active. Yeah, that's true too. 
So yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll push hard for it. Um, don't know if it'll happen or not. So we can try. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, let's jump into our recap. Uh, speaking of this fight, John Attic called for Drykus. Uh, we had Strickland versus Drykus in a title fight. Um, what do you think? Decision right or wrong? I had it for Strickland. I thought it was one, two, and five. I had it for Strickland too. I was gonna say. I but feel not like, enough to be mad about it. I was going to pick Drykus, and I feel like he kind of bullied me last week when we were doing the picks. Did you and, not pick uh, him? You, you, oh, yeah, I was going to say. I I'll, picked him in the league. I was going to say, I'll give you a chance to tell everyone that you picked your, you changed your pick to Drykus, so you actually were correct. Yeah. Yeah, I was going, I was leaning Drykus, and then I feel like you were, like, pretty hard on Strickland, and then I could see, I was, like, really in the middle on it, too. I just thought Drykus slightly, and then I thought you made some good points, so I changed uh, Strickland, and... Uh, I, honestly, I think it was the right pick because I think I think Strickland 100 percent won. That the judges gave Drykus round five seems absolutely insane to me. Did didn't they? I think they gave him. I think they gave Strickland one and five. I think they gave Drykus two, three, four. Oh, two, three, four. I mean, they yeah. were close. But and one of them gave one of them gave Strickland two. It was a split decision. There was all split decisions. Every fight was a split decision. But yeah, yeah. No, no. Here's the thing. This is what I didn't count in there. This is how Strickland loses fights. He doesn't have big moments. He does just just enough to win a razor thin decision. If you're gonna do that, you're you're gonna get you're gonna get lose on the scorecards. Like he, this is. I didn't go back far enough. I needed to go, or I didn't. I didn't evaluate the right fights. He dominated Adesanya. That wasn't close. That was an easy call. I needed to, I needed to put more weight in the Jared Cannonier fight where he lost a razor thin decision. Uh, That's how yeah. he loses though. Like he goes out there and he spars with his opponent. If you don't knock a guy down, if you don't have a big moment, if you don't have a round where you absolutely beat him within an inch of their life, if you don't like take over, like those jabs, they were working, but they, they in real time, like those jabs didn't look like when when I saw Drykus's eye was swelled shut after round two, I was like, from what? Yeah, and I think it's one of the things where I I think they should put the refs in a in a skybox or so in a separate room. They should have like a, a refing room where they're watching the the TV angles because. I think you can clearly see what's landing and what's mm-hmm. not. Where at when you're at the fight, like we've been to him, it's hard to tell those, especially when Drykus, he's just walking forward, throwing Wing. those huge overhand rights, and he, a lot of angles that you're at, you have no clue if that landed or it if sounds, it didn't. Yeah, it sounds scary. It sounds big. Yeah, exactly. And especially a guy like Strickland who lets shots hit him because he just gets at an angle where it bounces off of him yeah but i mean honestly in this fight a lot of them weren't even hitting him he was just hitting air that's the thing i didn't think he got touched in the first two rounds no i thought round one i thought round one he won very easily and then round two drykus started marching him down a little bit but wasn't landing anything significant and i i just he after round two the significant strikes i was shocked it was almost uh strickland had landed almost double Right. So I thought round two, no question, went to Strickland. I thought it was two to two going into five. But I thought that was pretty clear. Drykus's best round, I think, was round three. I think it was four. Maybe it was round four, yeah. Round three, he got some momentum, and he, and he cut the eye, which maybe was from a headbutt or like a dragging his head. Um, a bad cut, too, like on the eyelid. That was inconvenient for Strickland. Um, yeah, I, my thing is like, yeah. And if ever... I always hate it if you want to to be the champ, you got to beat the champ. But like, I love that. I think if I think that should be in the judging criteria. I think that should be a championship fight. You got to beat the champ to be the champ. Because when you have when you have three three insanely close rounds, like I think I thought one and five were clear Strickland, 
And then... Especially five. Yeah, two, three... Two and three were close, and I thought four was Dreykus. So especially when a lot of people are seeing those rounds for the champion and the judges to give it to the... Well, yeah, that's... And yeah, that's where I said, like, I, my thing was whoever wins the fight wins the fight is usually my... But, but like, the turnover now, like, the turnover of now we have a new champion and now we have, like... And, it, it, like, based off of what? A, a razor-close decision that yeah, people seem split down the middle on? I mean, the judges used to... They used to actually abide by it. You got to beat the champion to be the champion. They would score close fights to the champion all the time. And the first... When they stopped doing it, and they've never done it again since, was... Mighty Mouse versus Henry Cejudo 2. Yeah. That was the first fight that they gave a razor-close fight to the challenger. And ever since then, it's like they got rid of the, the rule. You got to beat the champion to be the champion. I remember it specifically. I was like... And I thought Mighty Mouse won that fight, too. Yeah, I watched it at um, Boondocks. And I just remember seeing, thinking, like, damn, you got to beat the champion to be the champion. And, th- I mean, he, Henry Cejudo did not beat dj convincingly in that fight yeah my thing now is it almost cheapens like the, the more the belt changes hands like the weaker the weaker the division looks yeah for sure like now we, it's almost like i almost look at it like now you have to onboard a new champion and you have to rebuild a new champion and like strickland was just getting going as like in kind of his like personal brand as a champion and like they kind yeah. of they kind of like were like oh yeah well we're gonna you know kind of take it away from you but again like I just hate that he didn't do enough. I hate that he didn't do enough to, like, he needed one more big moment. He needed to yeah. knock Dreykus down or, like, especially round two, because I guess that was the closest, the closest round. Like, he needed to put the pressure on like he normally does. He wasn't his normal self, I don't think, in that fight. Well, it was really just, I think it was just styles make fights, right? And Dreykus is a guy who's never going to take a step backwards, right? He's running forward constantly. Strickland knows he can just kind of back away and, and pick him apart jabbing where it's it gets dangerous especially strickland knows he's been he's been clipped a few times and knocked out so if you meet dreykus in the middle there's a good chance you're going to sleep right yeah. you saw robert whitaker get put asleep so i think he was a little a little afraid of that happening and i think he thought he was winning i mean most people I, a lot of people thought he was winning so why change it up when it's something that's working you saw dreykus's eyes swelling shut and you got to think you're probably ahead on the scorecards and it happens that you're not so well and he and he knew in round five he had to go out there and let put it all out there, and he did. Yeah, exactly. And he definitely won round five. I just wish he would have had a little more of that attitude in round two and maybe three. Um, For sure. Because I mean, even his coach was like, I think round three or four, he's like, that was a bad round. Like, you can, yeah. don't do that again. Like, that was too, too, like, too laid back. For sure. Because we didn't know, like, we didn't think Dreykus's cardio was going to hold up. Like, no one thought, no. nobody thought that this could possibly go to decision and Dreykus could win like they, they thought that those two possibilities were impossible the one thing I'll say about that is it's the one sport where like literally the last possible scenario is what happens right almost more often than not like who thought Gaethje Chandler was going to go to decision yeah exactly whenever you're like a fight can't go to decision I thought I thought this fight could go to decision because I, I think Dreykus just has like a just like a An brick ed- for a head you know that just yeah. can't get knocked out and even with bad cardio, he somehow doesn't get finished. He just kind of wobbles his way yeah, to, to like the finish line. Zombie you know? mode thing. But yeah, I did I didn't think Dragus could win by decision. And yeah, I mean, like I said, like I, I'm pretty confident that I in my course scoring it for Strickland, but a lot of people are pretty confident. It's one of those things where 
you can be sitting right next to somebody and you both watch the fight and you just both have a completely different thought. It just depends who you bet on. No matter what, if you, <laughs> whoever you want to win is in a close fight is who, if it's a close fight and you have a lean one way or the other, you're always yeah. going to see it for that guy. I mean, a hundred percent, that's how I feel. And it, it's for me well, too. I always, when I maybe, go back and watch it, I'm like, all right, I didn't really see this live. And maybe, maybe this, the polarizing behavior of Strickland is why so many people wanted to believe yeah. this one. Cause we can't put it outside the judges to just be 100% wrong. There's a lot of people that hate Strickland that are going to lean towards Drakus in a close round. So, yeah. and I mean, the judges could have been, so two of them might have hated, <laughs> hated Strickland, you know, so possible I, what you're saying about the, like the turnover in the division. I think usually that holds up. I, I don't think it's a bad thing at this current time in 185. I think you got a pretty interesting combo between Drykus, Adesanya well, and Strickland. I think, I think they want that Drykus versus Adesanya fight. I yeah, Drykus versus Adesanya. That. And then e- whoever wins, it would be a good fight with Strickland again. You know, you put Strickland in there again. It doesn't you don't have that many people outside of those three that are going to be challenging but you got at least like a year year and a half year to two years to burn between the three of them you know Mm -hmm. so you get Drykus versus Adesanya if Drykus wins Adesanya is pretty much toast if Adesanya wins you could put him up against Strickland again or whatever yeah no it 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 does create some interesting matchups um yeah it just you just hate to see like I said I I didn't like seeing the Belkets change hands but I also since Strykus came into the UFC, like I've been high on him. I didn't know that this was a ceiling. I didn't expect him to be six fights in and have be the champ. But um, like his fighting style is, I mean, he's he can he has enough power and enough whatever that thing is that he does to like stay in fights to to fight anybody. Um, side note, though, how good is Darren Till? Did we maybe write him off too early because he was lighting <laughs> Drykus up until he got taken down and choked out? Yeah, right. The one last thing I want to say on this fight, and then we can move on to the Coleman. But um, what do you uh, do? You think that that Drykus is the first openly gay athlete in the UFC? <laughs> the uh, coach kissing thing is out of control, dude. I mean, it depends on do you. How do you look at Jeff Molina? Because he. He, was he still in the UFC when he, he wasn't open when he was in the UFC? Yeah. I think he's technically still in the UFC, right? Did they ever cut him? Uh, I think he did get removed. Oh, I, don't know, okay. I don't know if that means you're cut or not because sometimes they remove fighters like for suspensions. Yeah, and but stuff. you're still under contract technically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the coach kissing thing is getting weird because you'd think you'd maybe stop it and save it for the locker room or something after. But like, if you're that proud, like, and it's not just. I don't know. It's not like a European thing that you see where it's like kiss on the cheeks or something. It's yeah, like kiss on the lips. It's like a fo- and it's not just a kiss on the lips. It's not like it's a smooch. It's like a <laughs> yeah. It's like full on like lips pressed for like a significant amount of time. And it it seems I don't I don't, don't want to say it seems sexual, but it's weird. It's a passionate but, kiss. Yeah, it's passionate. That's what you, that's what I'm looking for, dude. Yeah, not sexual, but passionate for sure. Um, and uh yeah i just i don't know i was like i was like there's no way they do it again and sure enough they just yeah. fucking and he like got a- lock eyes and fucking touch <laughs> lips man he got on his tippy toes <laughs> it's like a step away from tongue being used man it's like yeah. any more passionate and there'd be tongue yeah it's not a pack and he had to get on his tippy toes <laughs> yeah right it's yeah, ridiculous. It's definitely the first. But do you remember when Adesanya kissed that guy in the lips after that fight? Yeah, on the walk. And nobody really recognized it except for us and a few people on Twitter. But it never got really played up. I mean, the guy paints his nails <laughs> and stuff, though. So Yeah, he's the first openly gay fighter. Drakus and, and Adesanya might just kiss and make up <laughs> after the fight, dude. 
Dreykus versus Adesanya for the fruity belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. He did, he's not going to say he's not going to stop doing it, though. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess at this point, it's like it's his thing, yeah, right? Yeah, I didn't know. You got to stop it. He has to <laughs> stop. You got to stop. Like, it's not worth it. It's not worth the kiss in the, in, the, in the octagon isn't worth it. Did Strickland ever bring that up in the press conferences or anything? No, but what he that br- seems like something that Strickland would no, jump he, all over, he right? He brought up the coach honking his cup at, between rounds. He honks his cup between <laughs> rounds. Yeah, like grabs it and does like a honk honk. All right, I think so we can do it. We can close the JLT that's, investigation. That's man. what Strickland said to him that made Dreykus say the thing about like his dad raping him or whatever. The was about cup him. honking. Yeah, it was about him like his coach like finishing him off. Is what Gee, he said. Yeah. Well, I mean, he clearly is. I mean, that's that's fucking weird. Yeah. Maybe he's just checking to make sure it's still in place. I don't know. Yeah, but it's like a if you watch those videos too, like that's it's that's also like way too between touching the cup and the kiss. Like there's there's something going on. It's yeah, it's strange. Um, I'm all for it though. First gay <laughs> champ. Yeah, him and Adesanya. Uh, no wonder they no wonder they have so much beef. Yeah, 185 is getting a little fruity. The gay the gay African champion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something like that. I don't know, but. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Drakus, uh, yeah, I think Adesanya's next, so we'll see who kisses the who kisses first. Yeah, right. It'll um, be interesting. Speaking of gay champs, though, we got Raquel Pennington and Myra Buena Silva. Yeah, confirmed. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a worse showing than Myra Buena Silva. Buena Silva in a title fight. How do you end a Dude. title fight on your back? Not even trying to get up. It was just like, I think, all right, I'm just gonna lay here and. I'm not going to try and throw punches to try and win. I'm just, I'm done. I think she was too emotional. I think she burned her, her adrenaline on the walkout and the pre-fight when Bruce Buffer was announcing her name. Yeah. But even so, like she, she wasn't like, she was gassed, but she, it didn't look like she couldn't get up and finish the fight. No, That was terrible. And she also like Raquel Pennington, like just looked bad. I don't, I don't see how you ever get another title shot after getting a shot and, acting like you don't want to be there in the octagon in the during the fight it's it's inexcusable and i i mean i, I think cut her from the ufc in my opinion send her over to she pfl was bad, dude. that's she was bad loser behavior right there that was bad that was the worst one of the worst showings and you already got it wasn't like she went out there against amanda nunez and like was scared she fought a, a winnable fight like Raquel Pennington is nothing special that's why she's been a 10 year journey woman in the ufc she's just a grinder and and she, I mean, she, she's not scared of anybody. She she's brought, good. She I brought mean, the fight. She brought the fight to her, and she left no doubt about that she won it. It's hard to really take this title seriously, especially when Nunez is in the in the crowd. Yeah, and it seems like she's going to come back. I mean, it, it just it's weird. Yeah, like but, she she retired just to take some time, like with her family. I'm guessing. Yeah, I think Raquel Pennington could be a lot better too. It seems she starts she gets in that close range and she'll throw a nice combo and then immediately clinch back up again it's like keep keep punching it i don't know what she uh, she wants to just play it safe i guess which i mean i don't know i probably don't want to get hit in the face that much either but i mean you're a cage fighter so yeah imagine though like being in her position she waited 10 years was never really close like didn't she lost to Holly Holm? Like we're setting up for a Holly Holm title. Yeah, fight. we got Holly Holm versus Kayla Harrison to decide the next title shot, man. To Whoever, decide who gets to beat Raquel Pennington because they. Well, both. I'm dude. I would love even if it's Holly Holm, if Holly Holm or Kayla Harrison gets the next title shot over Juliana Pena, <laughs> I, dude, nothing would make me happier. Juliana Pena was on the MMA Hour again, and man, it was just 
she is just so cringeworthy. She's just, oh, you fighting for the interim championship, blah, blah. And Ariel's, oh, yeah. Like, even Ariel's just like, shut the fuck up. I feel yeah. like. Oh, he's got to stop letting her on his show. He I does know. That all She's the time. like a regular guest now. It's insane. Yeah. What has she done? She, she beat. She beat Nunez by pure luck, just being there at the right day at the I right mean, time. She, like, 90% of the division could have beat Nunez that night. Like, yeah. you didn't do anything special. You never she, did anything special before that or after. So She used toughness to survive and then was able to capitalize. But, like, that was her one shining moment. Like, she, it's not like she she got beat, like, 44-50, on all three scorecards in the next fight. She's not good. and It's not like she's lost the belt like Jamal Hill because she got hurt and like now she's like who I'm the real champ even though I don't have the belt she's she lost her belt like yeah you got your ass beat and yeah. you lost the belt like yeah yeah and obviously like they would love to get one more Holly Holm title shot oh for and that's sure what they're going for and it sounded like Amanda Nunes was kind of insinuating she might be coming back so um I mean I guess you see Raquel Pennington with the belt and you're like why not come back and make a million, a million or two bucks and yeah. I can get an easy fight, you know? Yeah, one more notch on my... I already beat her once. I'm yeah, add sure a little, be, add yeah. another jewel to, the, to yeah. the new belt. Yeah, no, I think that... I, I would That wouldn't surprise me. And Man News also isn't that old, so... And with Kayla Harrison, now I don't think Kayla Harrison's going to come in and dominate. I guess we could talk about this later too, but uh, yeah, Amanda Nunez... That's another reason for her to come back, too. Yeah, I mean, we might as well just talk about it now while we're talking about this division. I don't think Kayla I think that Holly Holm is in a great position to beat her. She can't cut down to 135, dude. Yeah, dude, I know. No I way. was thinking the same thing. Like, 155, you were fighting at a PFL. And, dude, if I'm PFL right now, I'm kind of pissed at, at Kayla Harris. You, like, you made us put all this money into a 155 division, a division that no women actually fight at. But you like because you couldn't make 145 or even 135. Like we had to develop this division, which is our main women's division. You go and leave it, and you're gonna fight at 135 the whole time. Like it would have been PFL. It would have done them way better to develop a 135 or even 145 division that could go on after Kayla Harrison. Because you got to get rid of 155 now. Who who's yeah. gonna watch that for women's? Yeah, and and to possibly. She's gonna have to I, like. She's basically like it's be, it's like be like Dustin Poirier fighting at 135. Like, how is she gonna do that? And I'm pretty sure girls have a harder time cutting weight than guys. Like, yeah, they do. And she's I don't think she's ever competed that low. Um, like they were saying, like so she was a judo Olympic champion, just like I don't, did. Ronda Rousey win in judo or did whatever in the Olympics? I don't. Know, she Ronda Rousey also did judo in the Olympics and she all and did fight at 135. But Kayla Harrison fought 20 pounds heavier division than Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Like and she's gonna cut to one thirty five. She's gonna be so depleted that Holly Holm and also it'll we, it'll be like T J Dillashaw going to one twenty five. Yeah, and we've seen we've seen Kayla Harrison when she fights like a, somebody who's a better striker than her that she can't get down. Like she loses. Yeah, and now that when she cuts down to one thirty five, she's no longer gonna be the strongest person by far in in the fight. So like Holly Holm like at a natural weight can probably defend her takedowns when she's like emaciated, you know? And I'm, I wonder, I'd like to see what she currently looks like. Cause if she's been trimming down like on muscle mass and stuff, then maybe she can make it and stuff. But if she's like going to try and like attempt a water cut from, from, you know, it's going to be tough for where if you're like, you can condition yourself down. Like we've seen guys do it before, like to where you lose muscle and, but remain strong. But 
that would take a long time to to actually do that healthy, you know, to lose the muscle and remain strong. And I, I, th- I think it's so much harder for girls. Yeah. And, and she's like... I mean, she's jacked to the... She's, she's pretty far in her fight career. But, like, why is she jacked, though? It's all natural. Juice to the gills. Maybe, but she's like... I guess you don't do a stuff. I guess get P- off your cycle of steroids and PFL maybe to let some juice. Like she was probably, I mean, judo probably is full. They of don't juice like heads. let you juice, but they do because it's just commission testing, right? They don't have, well, remember everybody got popped at once at one time, like Tiago Santos went over there uh-huh, and popped. Yeah. Like, they all, like 10 of them got popped at once. Cause they finally tested like a small batch and they all popped. Yeah. That just shows you everybody's doing it. Right. Yeah, maybe. Well, if she's fighting without juice for the first time, she's also in big trouble. So I wonder what the line what the line is on that fight it might be out but um i'd hate to bet holly home but i think you have to especially if we're getting like underdog value on on holly home here i think it's a good bet i could man I mean, if you get like plus 200 or something on on holly home that'd be unbelievable and who would have thought like the ufc would want another holly home title fight but not only could she not only not only Kayla oh, Harrison, Holly Holm. Plus 320 for Holly Holm. Holy Holm. shit. I'm going to fire on that when I get home, I think. <laughs> not only, yeah. Not only does the UFC clearly want like a Holly Holm title shot, she's recently beat Raquel Pennington, didn't she? Like within I think the last so. couple of years. Yeah. I mean, I think they they don't care who wins. A Kayla Harrison title shot would be good for them because if Kayla Harrison beats Holly Holm, she beats Raquel Pennington. Then, then they have Nunez come back or whatever, and, and that's a huge fight. They so. always wanted the Nunez. Harrison fight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy things in that division there as well. So, and by crazy, I mean, like, I don't think anyone's going to pay too close of attention to it. Right. Raquel Pennington is the champ, but good for her. Like I said, she waited a long time. Um, she's kind of like a, the, the Jan Blahovich of the division. For sure. All right. Neil Magny, Mike Mollott. Um, Neil Magny, dude. I wish I would have pulled the trigger. I, I really I wanted to. And I even said, you know, if it... Ivan was like, yeah, well, if it wasn't for the last fight. But then I even kind of followed it up with, well, you know, it was short notice. He did look like shit, but I thought he just looked so bad. Even with full camp, it wouldn't help. But I mean, and it didn't. I mean, he was getting his ass beat most of the fight, right? <laughs> yeah. And Mike Millat, what a quitter, dude. Like, that's Ten, almost, I almost feel seconds like, left. dude, that's just as bad as just laying on your back pretty much. He just. He went for that stupid, was it a guillotine he went for? And that's how. Yeah. Magny ended up on top. Magny got on the mount. Well, I think he was. He said, "I listened on the MAR. He said he was. Did he go for a choke at all, or no? Or he, I thought he went for a choke. Like, yeah, and he he was like he had it locked in, but he was like it didn't seem like I was gonna finish him in the next thirty seconds or something. So he's like, I let it go, got in the full mount, and just tried to finish it. And I mean, all all Mike Malad had to do was something. Yeah, all he had to do was something because the ref was gave him quite a while of not doing anything and he just continued to just lay there and take it and the ref had no other choice to, talking about to a, stop it talking about a guy who doesn't really have knockout stopping power like no like neil magny like he's not a power puncher all you have to do is squirm for right 10 more seconds and it's easier said than done he was probably gasping for air he probably tr- felt like he was dying dude, but try and post up and grab onto him like you got all you got to do try to cover up do something like, let, a, let him punch you it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, um, this was just basically a disastrous night for male Canadian fighters. Dude, terrible. And I said it, this is how stupid I am. I said, these male Canadian, or these Canadian fighters, and so I didn't realize it was just going to be males, but I was like, these, whenever they do these Canada cards, these Canadian fighters get slaughtered. 
And then I turned around one second later and picked Charles Jordan on my official league pick. Yeah. So. You know what the problem is, too? Well, Charles Jordan isn't a bad one, but like for other countries, they actually have top guys where they can still make a matchup that's beneficial to the home guys. Well, they tried and on this one. A lot of these guys were big favorites. Charles Jordan, big favorite. Mike Mallott, big favorite. Um, I don't know. Chris Curtis was a favorite, but it wasn't far. Like, it wasn't that, the crazy, that, that wide of a line. Yeah, he's like minus 160, I think, or something. Yeah, so it wasn't like it wasn't like these guys were going out there all plus 300s. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just, like, the best they can do for him. Like, minus 200 is, like, the best. They can't, they can't get a minus 400 matchups or else it would be unwatchable, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, this was just the start of a huge skid for uh, for the Canadian fellas. They went 0-7. Yeah, that's bad. Jillian said, Robertson won her fight, so the Canadian girls did okay. 0-8 if you count um, Arnold, Arnold Allen, Allen who training in Canada. Canada yeah. yeah, TriStar. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chris Curtis, Marc-Andre Berriault was a, a decent fight. The crowd was booing. I didn't think it was that horrible of a fight. I thought it was kind of a slugfest, at least in round the end of round two yeah. and round three. I was like, people were mad, but they were they were trading. Yeah, I didn't I didn't understand the hate for it. Yeah, it wasn't the most. It wasn't like a bloody nobody, war or anything. Nobody but got like dropped, and they were shelling up, so it wasn't like they weren't just like chins out, teeing yeah. off on each other's jaws. But I thought it was a good like. A, I mean, they were hammering at each other, and the main reason for it being. Bo- boring at all was the canadian fighter too like yeah. chris curtis is going to throw down if you stand there with him but uh burial just kind of wanted to try to use his range and whatnot and, and that was not, not his style usually is just march forward and throw bombs yeah and that's, he decided not to do it this fight and ended up losing a decision i thought and uh, as far as scoring i thought they got this one right like chris curtis definitely won this fight. yeah i agree uh arnold allen mozar evil of um Arnold Allen's on a skid, huh? Yeah, he's been fighting good fighters, but yeah, a little bit of a skid. Dana was pissed about this fight. He said it was uh, Evolov's not moving up in the rankings because he's too boring. I don't know if Dana watched that fight. Actually, I didn't think it was that boring. The both it guys actually were, wasn't boring at all. Like both guys were really bloody. Yeah, it was actually kind of a war. Like as for the main card, it might have been one of the better fights on the main card. Yeah, I didn't know what he was talking about. He was. I think he just didn't realize what fight it was or something, or he didn't watch it or pay attention because. He kind of was confused at the beginning of the question, and then he went on like, oh, yeah, like that's, that's bullshit. Evolev's not gaining any friends from, fans from that fight or something. So. And, like, Evolev's last – he has had some boring fights, but it, some of his fights aren't boring at all. Like, when he fought that new that kid that was new that was like a plus 800 or whatever, uh, Diego Lopes. Yeah. That was an exciting fight. They were teeing off on each oh, other. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he – overall, he's boring, but he – I don't think he was boring in this fight. I thought – I thought he could have been a little bit more exciting, but Arnold Allen's got some heavy hands, and yeah. he still wasn't all that timid. So he mixed in takedowns and striking. He stood for a lot longer than he needed to. I mean, Arnold yeah. Allen was getting back up, but he didn't even attempt a takedown until the end of like the first round or something. So Yeah, I thought it was a good fight. Yeah. I didn't think it was bad at all. Arnold Allen landed that bomb that, that cut him open. Yeah, and blood he, coming out of his ears. Yeah, he landed some some bombs that cut Ar- Arnold Allen over. Oh, the big controversy on this one. What did you think about those knees? Uh, they stopped it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was... Uh, I think if you're doing that clearly reaching down to the ground... I think it, it's the right rule. The rule is right, right? Like, the no, you're taking advantage of... Yeah, except it's not a rule in Canada. Which is a bigger problem is that they got the unified mi- rules of mixed martial arts, but it's up to the states to decide if they're going to, or the commissions, I guess, if they're going to, which ones they're going to use. If you, 
they all have to get on the same page. It's kind of bullshit that it's yeah. different from place to place. So, yeah, the actual rule in the unified rules of mixed martial arts is you can't do that, which I think is a good rule for sure because it's just kind of cheap. Like, oh, I, I, I'm in a bad position, so I'm just going to try and touch the ground so I can't yeah. get kneed in the face. And so when I, your head is as low enough to get kneed, you can almost always touch the ground with your hand. So yeah. Yeah, it kind of eliminates knees. But And also, that guy can't see your hand. So if you're in an un, unnaturally touching the floor, like he can't see that. Yeah, you're just baiting him to try and get a like a, a foul called against him. So. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm on board with the unified rules apparently, and not so much the uh, Canadian rules. Yeah, for sure. Uh Charles Jordan versus Sean Woodson. I was shocked by this fight, um, and not just the weird, uh, the weird mishearing of the of the decision at Dude, the end. I've never seen anything like that. I wa- in real time I heard I heard Charles Jordan and then I rewatched it. You didn't? It was See, very clearly Sean Woodson. I heard Sean and then it kind of sounded like like air or something and then I'm like who won cuz the crowd started cheering and Jordan started cheering like he won and I'm like wait what just happened cuz I I know he didn't say Charles. I heard Sean for sure, but then I couldn't make out the rest of it. And then Jordan won, so I was like, maybe I misheard it, or then that, you know. But I it was swore weird. he said Charles Jordan, but he said Charles the or Sean the sniper, which for some reason sounded like Charles to me. Yeah, and I didn't expect him to say Sean the sniper. Um, yeah, I swore I heard. I swore I heard Charles Jordan, and I was like, I was like, that was when I picked. So I was like, wow, I got away with one there. He definitely did not win that fight. He got pretty well. Pretty, I mean. Credit to Sean Woodson. I think he's improved even more. He couldn't. Jordan could not get him to the ground. Dude, uh, he's so tall. Like yeah. his legs are so long. He doesn't even have to have takedown defense. He just kind of just Leverage. stands there and yeah. you can't pick him up and take him down. Yeah. Uh, he got to use trips against a guy like that. And yeah. Jordan, I don't know why he just, he didn't have the right game plan. He didn't sell like. out like he normally does either. He didn't go after, he, I, because every time he got close, like he was, he, Woodson had probably a 10 inch longer reach. Woodson's so dangerous if you can't take him down or, you know, if you want to like try and close he distance like against that guy. 6'3 at 135 or something. It's crazy, <laughs> man. And he didn't, he doesn't look 135. He used to look 135 as in like tall, but really thin. He doesn't look all that thin yeah. anymore. He's put on muscle, and he seems to be... He looked a little faster, too. I've seen him look really slow before. Yeah, you're right. Sometimes he gets that, like, the long guy, like slow one-two, like you know? Sometimes he's just waving his arms, and it yeah. still works, but, like... And, like, the one-two kind of looks like sharp. they're, like, moving in molasses almost. Yeah, but he looks sharp. He looks sharp. Uh, he definitely won the fight. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, which sucked. Uh, that was another... Our boy... Uh, Air Jordan, man. Air Jordan, one of our OGs. Um, yeah, I thought he. I thought that that was that fight was you know his to lose, but Woodson was in command the whole time for sure. So yeah, I guess. Uh, what do you think of the whole card overall as a whole? Probably one of the weaker cards we've had in a long time, but yeah, it wasn't horrible. But there was not really any standout moments. Um, I can't really even think of anything on the prelims that really stood out. It was just a no. It was mostly a main event type of card, you know. Yeah, it was. It was, they wanted to get the Canadian fighters on a card. They wanted to get. You're getting tired just talking about it, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I was thinking about that co-main event. Um, yeah, no, it was a, yeah. I guess we'll just leave it at that. They're, they're putting together a lot of big cards. They had to get this one out of the way, so we'll leave it at that. For sure. Brad Katona, the Irishman lost. Yeah. The Canadian Irishman. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Jillian Robertson had a good win. She did. She did. Um, she fought Pollyanna Vienna. And the worst thing about that one is it was a lock to bet her by submission. And then, like, 
Biana was just like, I'm not, I'm not getting submitted at all costs, so I'll just let her TKO me. Yeah, right. And then you got Jasmine Jazdavicious, the one of the Canadian wins. She really beat up Kechuara. Yeah, she did, but a lot of people do. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, so, yeah, the girl, Canadian girls did fine. The Canadian guys really uh, laid an egg. Yeah, per usual. Yeah, maybe Canadians really are soft. Maybe Sean Strickland's right. Yeah, right. So, yeah, speaking of that, like most most of what was exciting about this week was all the stuff that went on during the press conferences. And, um, yeah, I mean, just Strickland just battling with uh, the reporters. Yeah, dude. And it, again, talk about people trying to feel sorry for yourself. Imagine going up to Strickland, provoking him, saying stuff that you know he's going to react to, and, yeah. then, and then going on a poor me campaign. Ask stupid questions, get stupid answers. It's like you tried to set you set him up to get that answer. You got the answer you wanted. Yeah. yeah, and then you act like you're a victim, like because it wasn't. And it's not like he attacked you directly, really. Just like you said his opinion, you don't agree with it. Big fucking deal. Like, do I agree with it? No. Like, can he? Like, do I think you should like go out there and try to make like a point out of it by just like yeah setting him up for trying to get the headlines yeah exactly it was a bullshit question by the journalist um you know i'm a big fan of the the direction dane has been going in with just say whatever you want type of thing so yeah he actually had a pretty good uh they owned that reporter again dude. yeah he lit him up yeah that was nice he focused on the leash he's like a leash he's like that's that's ridiculous. Oh, dude. He, yeah. he went off on that guy. Yeah, he crushed him. Um, and that guy, too, it was like, once again, I feel like that reporter was kind of trying to to set up something, and then yeah. Dana crushed him, and then it was hilarious. Every time the reporter tried to say something, Dana would stop and act like he was ready for the reporter to ask the next question. The reporter would literally say one word, and Dana would just start launch on to another thing about it again. He, he did it at least four times in a row. Yeah, that was... And that's what you get. Like you're not going to outspar Dana in that type of stuff. Like it's this is his, no. his arena. Um, I would say even Ariel basically said as much as he possibly could because Ariel's a little beta Canadian too. Yeah, and he uh, he he was like, oh, he's one of the best guys I know in in journalism. He's one of my good friends. And then he he even said though, like, but would I have asked that question? During a fight week, instead of focusing on the fight, probably not. Yeah. Which is about as far as he's going to go. Did you see the rest of Ariel's take on that? About, so, nah. yeah, so he was like, I would have I would have asked a different different question, he said. He said, I would have asked why the sudden change in, in your policy on fighters can say anything you want. And then he listed, like, 10 examples of fighters getting reprimanded for saying stuff. And even stuff about gay, gay people in the past, they got, they've been forced to apologize or even cut from the ufc in one guy's case but they brought him back after a fight or two or something but uh yeah so he listed like a bunch of examples of like well it's not really the case you haven't you haven't always been able to say whatever you want in the ufc yeah and not to get like not to get into the politics debate of it but do you think that this is just like the ufc like doubling down as like other sports kind of get like too far in the other direction is that yeah like, for, that's i what think they're, they're taking advantage of like uh yeah. a hole in the market you know where i think people want to be able to say or hear what athletes actually think and not just these bullshit canned responses. you know, like athletes in the NFL and stuff, or you go after the game and ask them a question. And it's always just like, Oh, I think we had a great game. Teammates played great. It's not me. It's the yeah. whole team. You know, the it's the same is, shit the every focus single time. Is always on something else. Yeah. Like the focus is always on something else. And it's like, yeah, you don't get really the, the, like you said, like you don't, there is a, a spot in the market for it. Um, yeah. They found a niche. It's working. People are supporting it. I mean, I think, I think what really brought it along was them 
doing what they wanted with having fights during COVID. And they saw how the response to that was like, how many new UFC fans got made from them mm-hmm. doing fights when no other sports would would hold events, right? So, and then I think they kind of ran with that as and kind of where they at today. Yeah, and honestly, it's kind of funny. Like, why would anyone not want Bryce Mitchell to say the stuff he says? It's hilarious. Yeah, exactly. And like Strickland's funny, and I I also think that Strickland is doing the same thing on a smaller scale. He's just saying stuff that he knows, like. People want to hear people go off on on something, whether or not they're saying like whether or not what he's saying, he actually means every word of it or if he's just going for like the shock value of like, I can say this. Yeah, for sure. I'm making a point that like you can't cancel me like I'm saying cancelable stuff. But if I just ignore the cancellation, like you can't cancel me. Right. And I mean, they're cage fighters. Uh, yeah, the, the fan day, base they go in there and fight in a cage. Right. Exactly. I mean, there are certain things I wouldn't. I would say probably ours over the line, but it's whatever. I mean, if you're going to blatantly set them up on, on press data, you know, to give yeah. bad responses, then that's more on just a bad look for the reporter, I think. But Yeah, I mean, then maybe the reporter can take a page out of John Annick's book and just quit. Yeah, exactly. Go go cover football. And I wonder, too, if maybe the, the, the state of MMA journalism is another reason why Dan is letting them say whatever they want now, because like the journalists are just like so far in the other direction and just looking for these type of things. It's like, okay, they'll say what they want to you then. Yeah. Like I said, in the UFC chat, it's just rejects that couldn't get a job in real journalism that come over to MMA that most of them, I don't think are actual MMA fans. It's just like, Oh, they got a job as an MMA journalist because they couldn't get a job writing, uh, you know, puff pieces at the Washington Post or something or, you know, op-eds about yeah. whatever they want, about, you know, this bullshit, so. Yeah, well, and I think that speaks to the where the journalism stand versus where the fans stand. Like like you have, like here, like there was a F Trudeau's chant going yeah. out in the whole arena. Like the, the journalists could not be further apart from like the, from their audience. From their audience, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. It's so like, all they can really do is resort to like hate, hate speech like hate writing they hate the sport they cover yeah they hate the fans that read their articles which is insane they hate they hate the people that are paying for their jobs like yeah no and that's but that's all they can do is try to make them angry yeah because you read it doesn't matter if you if they make them really happy or really mad as long as they feel something exactly as long as people are reading right as long as they get people to click the link to the article yeah so yeah no that was interesting um yeah the judge do you think the the judging in canada uh you think that they, because he Strickland was so anti-Canada that they took it out on him? They weren't Canadian judges. So. No, they weren't. But and the whole crowd was supporting Strickland too. Yeah, the guy's a the guy was kind of surprised at that, right? Like, I mean, the guy's a star. He came in. A lot of people don't like, especially UFC people, don't like Trudeau and don't like some of that stuff up there. So he came in just firing, firing from the hip on all the stuff he knew people don't like. Yeah, for sure. He won him over. That's for sure. So I was surprised at how pro Strickland they were. Yeah, me too. I thought it would be like, you know, maybe 75, 25 or 60, 40 or something, but it was like overwhelmingly Strickland. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge Strickland crowd. Um, Magni getting it done. That was, uh, like you said, you're kind of the Neil Magni whisperer. Did you touch this fight at all or did you just not, you just. No, I didn't really, I didn't really bet on this card. Cause I just, I kind of knew it's just one of those ones I looked at. I was like, because I mainly do parlays. I was like, there's no way I'm going to hit many parlays on this. So the only bet I placed was a dr- for Dreykus on the main event, just to, just to put something in. Yeah, and Mike Mowat, possible fraud. Yeah, possible fraud. I mean, 
I don't think fraud is necessarily the right word. I just think he was overhyped by a lot of people. I didn't see it. I thought he was a good fighter. Not great. Um, I don't, I wasn't thinking like future champion or something like that, but a fringe top 10 guy. And I think we saw that's probably where he'll end up, you know? Yeah. Uh, Drake is out of sign at 300. We still don't have a UFC 300 headliner, right? No. And Dana said we we're going to find out on Tuesday and it's Thursday. Yeah. I haven't found this out. This is classic. Da- I'm, I'm pre- almost prepare. We should almost prepare ourselves for a letdown. The oh, more for sure. Every time he misses a deadline like that, he, he always doubles, triples, and quadruples down. And yeah. then it's always a letdown, like, which probably means he's trying to get something crazy done, but it's probably a long shot. And he's just like, I'm going to get this done one way or another, and it's not going to work out. And then we're going to get like, yeah, we're going to get like a, I don't even know. What would the biggest letdown, what's the biggest letdown that you think they would, they would still go forward with? Like, um, I don't know. Well, before we talk on that, this one kind of ties into it. I read the article today. Dana says that fans won't be able to handle crazy UFC 300 main event. But that's see, that's him. He's doubling down. Yeah, exactly. He's like, gonna, what and, you're saying is like, he's going to triple down. And then he's he didn't gonna, he didn't get the he said he was going to get stuff out on Tuesday. He didn't get anything out. So he just says how crazy out, it's going to be. But he got out Harrison versus Holly Holm. Yeah, that's which true. He probably claims is like. I know I said I was going to have the title fight, but I got something even more exciting. Or, yeah, right. Or I got something just as exciting. What's uh, the biggest light down? What's the uh, biggest one that they'll that they'll actually Bilal do? Bilal Muhammad versus Leon Edwards. You think they'll actually do that though? Like that after, would be after, insane. After he settled this, I mean, he like I said, you can't right. And that's like he's at least disqualified that fight. I guess that's like three weeks from out. They don't have a main or like a month out. They don't have a main event. They got to put that in there, and it's just and like, then he just eats his words. Yeah, I think it's probably something to do with Pereira. I, if it's crazy, it has to be Pereira. I read, I read an article about the available champions, and it's like Leon Edwards, Pereira, um, As, uh, Aspinall, maybe. Aspinall. But that one wasn't on there. But yeah, but it was just ones that because I guess technically he's not the champion, John Jones. But yeah, Aspinall would be for interim champ, and Pantoja were like the only males that they don't have. Let, yeah, they won't even let Pantoja that don't have a fight them. lined up. They won't even let Pantoja headline his own cards. So out of those guys, it's got to be Pereira or it's got to be, I guess, Leon Edwards, but I don't think it could be against Bilal Muhammad then. Maybe Leon versus somebody else that I'm not thinking of. I just don't know who it would be. <sighs> Leon versus Oh, Kamza. Islam Makachev, too, is the other one. He doesn't have a fight currently booked. But it's during Ramadan, so he's out. Yeah, and I think he said he's going to be out. He had wrist surgery or something. Or yeah. Um, yeah, so Pereira is probably the most likely. It's got to be Pereira versus Aspinall, I would say. Right? Or Pereira versus Izzy at 205 if they can't get Dreykus first. Yeah, Izzy's done. been getting really active on social media. Yeah. I could see Pereira versus Izzy. Maybe Izzy's willing to take it at 205 because then he's kind of got a cop out if he loses. Like, and he can still get the yeah. Dreykus fight maybe. If he loses at 205, he can be like, well, I did just go up to 205. So. Yeah, for sure. Maybe that makes sense, yeah. And those guys have fought each other. They've already had so many camps against each other that they can put it together now, and it's fine. Yeah, I think it has to involve Pereira, though. Who else at 205 is there? Because uh, there's a matchup. There's a bunch of 205 matchups. Like, Jiri is fighting Rakic. Rakic, yeah. And Pereira already fought Jan and already fought Yuri. Uh, Jamal Hill just started, like, even moving. Yeah, again. he won't be ready. So he won't be ready. Um, yeah, Pereira... Pereira maybe can move up and f- fight for a third belt. Like that, I don't think that's a great fight by any means, but the freak show element of it is exciting. Yeah, I think I think it's sick. I would be excited for that. I'm just worried if he gets taken down early, it's just like yeah, it could be. Aspinall is 
really good on the ground. Yeah, he's strong really too. Yeah. He's fast. He could... but, it, but if he smokes him, he smokes him. Like, it's a crazy fight. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, yeah, WWE signing a gigantic deal with Netflix. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, right? It was $5 billion over 10 years. Netflix has an out after five years, and they have, like, an opportunity to extend it for another five to 10 years after the 10 years or something. I was just thinking about how bad Netflix has got. I don't even I don't even entertain Netflix anymore. Like, well, uh, yeah. I use HBO max or whatever or just max it's called now uh hulu and amazon prime all the shows are for teenagers and it's they're like when they do put movies on netflix they're like mark the, Wahlberg. well they're just like movies that you just say uh like they're like six out of ten movies they never yeah. put like a really good movie on netflix never they have a, like a lot of watchable movies nothing nothing great you yeah you you just watch through, go through and you're like i don't really want to watch any of this i honestly have We'll just scroll Netflix and then just turn my TV off and go to bed. Yeah. And I mean, they got to, a, they're at a point now where the only, they got so many subscribers. The only way they're going to get more is live sports, right? They need, they need to do something new. They did the original content. Now it's like, what's next? It's, it's live sports. And this gets them some of the way there. It's not technically a sport. I don't know. This is it. I mean, it's not, it's not real, but it's yeah. live, I guess. So. I did see that they they plan on getting into live sports. I saw also saw today on LinkedIn that they added like 13 million subscribers this last quarter. I don't believe that's true. There's no way. Like, there's no way. It could just be they opened like another market or something. No, they cracked down on password sharing. Oh, yeah. But do you yeah, think yeah. that many people signed up after they got kicked off their own accounts? I guess that yeah. password sharing is the, that pisses me off so bad. Right. Everything's a scam now. That's all I can say. Like, I can't even get into my own because it's logged into my parents' TV back home. Jeez. Sometimes I go to get on my own Netflix and it's like. You're, this is not your local TV or something. And it's like, I'm not going to kick my parents off because then I have to go back there, log them back in. Like, right. this is just like, but if they're not on it, I can use it. So it's just like somebody's mm. using it. It's just, it's just the streaming thing has just gotten out of control. I know you were with one of the OG streamers, one of the, the pioneers of streaming, but streaming, it's like, I just want to go back to cable now. Yeah, right. It's kind of a pain in the ass. Everything's so divided up. It's Although my dream as a kid would have been to have WWF on Netflix. Like I can't think of a better combination because right. every, I don't know, do kids still watch WWF? I think so. Like every kid has access to Netflix now. And then you also have WWF on there. Like that's yeah. like a dream come true. Cause I used to have trouble finding WWF because it used to be on like, TNT or TNN or like something like something like that. Yeah. yeah, I never got into professional wrestling as a kid, but I only did because I was not allowed to. So I would when, I, oh, when yeah. I would stay up late after my parents went to bed or sneak back downstairs, I could find it on TV, and it, it was the biggest thing ever back then. So yeah, no, and and I don't know. Do kids still watch it? Because the only people I know who still watch WWF are like grown adults who know it's fake, but they're like enjoy the soap opera. They aspect. got it because of the Logan Paul shit, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, uh, interesting though. It's crazy. WWE is, is such an absolute monster of a production. No, yeah, it's wild. Also, it's also wild when you look at like the more Vince McMahon allegations that came out today. Oh, <laughs> did they? I'll, <laughs> I won't read them out loud. I'll just show them to you. But um, yeah, and then this just sets the UFC is going to get an absolutely massive deal, dude. Their their rights come up in twenty twenty five. I mean, I, I feel like ESPN has to keep them, but. They're going to get so much money because Netflix and stuff are going to be offering huge money to get them on there. Yeah. And they're part of the same company now. Yeah, exactly. So they know like all the negotiations. They're going to be able to, uh, what the fuck? (laughs) 
Yeah, look it up if you want to see what Vince McMahon did. I mean... They've been so, trying to get him out for a long time. This might finally do it. Some people are into that. No, I think part of his contract... when Because remember they got him out and then he came back? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he signed something where, like, they, they can never kick him out. It's, like, up to him if he decides he wants to leave or some shit. Yeah. I mean, the one thing about he, the WWF... He doesn't run it anymore, right? He's no, just on he's the like board on the of board directors now. or something. The one thing about WWF that just blows my mind is, like, how WWE. much... WWE. Yeah, how WWE is how much of the crazy insane storylines and stuff that he he was coming up with them by himself yeah off the top of his head he's like a one-man show and they were all like a lot of them were so bizarre that they would never work today like there was there was like i can't even say some of this some of the stuff was just so insane he was just coming up with them and i guess he was just coming up with them like that day or like a week before and he's like do right. this and there were times that the guys were like i don't really want to do that and he's like do it anyways and yeah i mean it should all be studied by by some sort of science but yeah it just yeah, I, I think I, I would actually love it if the UFC moved to Netflix. That would actually be awesome. Yeah, that would be pretty sick. Like one spot for UFC. Cause, and I feel like the fight library would be so much better than ESPN+. Plus. Like ESPN+, Plus, they uh, thought it was going to be great. Like they're going to have every fight. No, they have like maybe like half, if that. Yeah, and if I could get, if they would move from ESPN, I could cancel my ESPN+. Plus. Right, because nothing else is watchable on there. It was an insanely good deal when it was five dollars a month. Now I don't even know what it is. No, yeah, you got to pay eighty bucks for the pay per view. It's like up to almost ten bucks now. I think it's like eight ninety nine at least. Yeah, just one more thing that scam. Don't need to pay for. Um, yeah. Anything else? We got a uh, uh, Kayla Harrison signed with UFC. We touched on that already. Um, fighting Holly Holm at uh, UFC three hundred. Like I said, like I'm just wagering on that her not being able to make that cut. Like that just seems too crazy. Yeah. But how do you make that decision to do that when you're on? You have this cakewalk at PFL, and then you decide you like what? What did the UFC give her to get her to do this? I don't know because, it, like Don Davis was on the MMA hours talking. We have an offer out to her that makes her the highest fem- paid female fighter ever and whatnot. And the UFC is not not paying her. I think she's probably on like. A, the best contract I could possibly see them giving her would be like 250k flat fee, or yeah. like 150 and 150 or something. With the, uh, yeah, and then she's one shot away from a title fight. She obviously beats yeah, and she beats Holly Holm. She beats Raquel Pennington. Her next fight, she makes like a million dollars on. She probably gets pay per view points if she makes it to a title fight or yeah. whatnot. So yeah, if I mean the thing is, if you can do it right, even you make less money on your contract, right? If you're not in a if you're not a champion, but with all the endorsements and extra money you get and just the exposure. She's like, hoping you for get, a Michael Chandler storyline as opposed to, uh, I don't know who's come over and failed probably for a reason, but like, even though Michael Chandler didn't win the belt, he was very close. But like, I think overall he's, it's paid off for him to leave, but be the face, leave being the face of Bellator to join the UFC. Like the exposure he's gotten has paid him. Yeah, exactly. Like Kayla Harrison, let's see. Kayla Harrison right now has 179,000 followers on Instagram with one she'll, or two good fights. She'll, she'll be over a million, Yeah, you know, and then that that's a revenue stream that you wouldn't get. She'd never get over 179 in PFL, you know, or like it's 200. Crazy so. that the, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that the, it's that far offset. Yeah. 179. Like that's like, there's college basketball players with more than like significantly more than that, that. aren't even that good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like she's nope. Like she really does. And Michael Chandler was the same way. I think he had probably like 200,000. You I think he had 300,000 when he got announced in the UFC and he's, yeah, he's definitely in the millions now. Oh, for sure. You get, you, you're just one or two good fights away from blowing up on your socials, endorsements, 
Um, and then your fight money is like secondary almost, unless you become champion, then you actually make a million and over a million per fight, you know? Yeah. Oh, I thought of one last thing we could talk about, uh, before we wrap it up 1.7 million for Chandler. So yeah, he's, he's made the most of his platform for sure. Did you see the Conor McGregor roadhouse trailer yet? No, it dropped I today. Heard, I think I heard somebody talking about it, but I think it, I think it, I don't want to, I don't want this to get held against me. I don't think it's going to be a good movie, but I think it might work. Like yeah. you've seen the original roadhouse. Like it's not, it's not realistic and it's not like, it's kind of like, what do they call those movies that are bad, but people like them? Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I think it's going to be one of those. Cause I can see that. I think that it's, a, it seems like a pretty good role for Jake Gyllenhaal. Like surprisingly, like when he was in that boxing movie, I was like, well, the thing is, Jake Gyllenhaal has never been in a bad movie, I feel like. And he's he's a good actor. Yeah. And even he, that stupid one where he's like the dispatcher for an ambulance and he doesn't leave oh, the ne- room the whole time, it wasn't even that bad. It was on Netflix, I think, or something. I haven't seen that one. I thought you were talking about the one where he's like arranging for accidents so he can be the guy who covers oh, them. Oh, that was a Nightcrawler. good one, yeah. Yeah, he's he's played a lot of good roles. Um I think that I think that his he looks it looks like it has a pretty good we'll watch it after we wrap this up, but I think it looks like he has a pretty good combination of like funny and like a good role. And like I don't think Connor did Connor was in the trailer a lot and I don't think it looked like he was like, you know, like an Oscar worthy actor. Yeah. But all everything I've heard of him from the beginning, like even when he first started blowing up, was like that he does really well in like promo shoots and like anything that he has to act in. I think his goal since the beginning has been to like transition into some form of acting. Yeah, I so, mean, when he was like Mystic Mac and stuff, he's pretty much acting in those yeah, press yeah. conferences, right? So like if you can do that WWE, it's like a WWE guy going into acting. Like, yeah, rock not, and You're not going to be like, yeah, you're not going to be a classically trained like Daniel Day-Lewis, but you can actually play like a role where it's like, cheesy and a little over the top but like an action movie uh yeah he might be in like the next expendables or something but yeah for sure but it comes out in march like i said it doesn't look like a movie that's going to uh you know get get the oscar nominations or whatever but i'm gonna be honest i think it's got potential to work nice we'll go to the theater and watch it when it comes out yeah if it it comes out the popcorn perks oh yeah you (laughs) you got the plug on that yeah no if it could yeah i'm down for that so we'll watch that trailer here in a minute but yeah anything else before we wrap up i don't know i think that's it for me our next fight that we're going to be previewing we got mr Steelio girl roman delize versus nazardine imovov so that should be sick that's not a bad fight um two kind and of and then we got hanato moicano versus drew dober as the co-main that's a sick fight night man anything could happen in that fight. randy brown versus muslim salikov uh the rest of the fights i have n- are no great are not good at all but that's a that's about as good of a top three as you're going to see in a fight night these days. It's almost as good as this pay-per-view was. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'd argue if it had that main event, it would be better. Oh, yeah, uh, for if sure. You had, if you had Strickland versus Duplessis and then these three fights on the main card, that would be a way better card than what they put together. I agree with you there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, we'll... Uh... I don't have it up right now or I'd shoot out some lines, but uh, we'll save it for next week. So, yeah, we'll wrap things up then. Uh, no fights to watch this week, so my, uh, my normal sign-off doesn't really work, but uh, have a good weekend, and we'll see you all next week. Peace. I'm the one that they chose. Water with the work. Patron on my shirt and a sip ain't. I 
Pro. 